Welcome to the ninth single scoop. I'm JR. And I'm Oldar. And today we're going to be talking about the movie A Millionaire's First Love. This episode will contain spoilers, so if you're planning on watching the movie, you should do that first and then come back to this episode. Now, let's get into it. The plot is that there's a teenager who is set to inherit a five-star hotel once he legally becomes an adult. But on his birthday, he's shocked when he's informed that he won't receive the inheritance until he fulfills the requirements set by his grandfather. One of these is to graduate from high school in the rural town he grew up in. Over time, he discovers the girl he keeps running into is someone who is his first love. So some basic info about this movie was that it was released in February 2006. It's a little under two hours long, and it's a tragic romance. It's directed by Kim Tae-gyun, who also worked on the movie Volcano High and Temptation of Wolves. The screenplay was written by Kim Eun-suk, who also did the film Ice Rain in 2004. Now that we've talked a little bit about the basic information about the movie, let's talk about the actors. Hyunbin, who, if you'll remember, played Samshik back in My Lovely Samsoon, plays Kang Jae-kyung here, who is the rich hotel heir. He's shown being a delinquent at the beginning by getting into fights and driving his motorcycle through the school. He's very overdramatic, but he also loves very deeply. He becomes an orphan after a car wreck resulted in the death of his parents. And Lee Yon-hee plays Jae Kyung's love interest, Che Yun-won. She's an orphan who was abandoned by her mother and was Jae Kyung's childhood girlfriend. After the car wreck, Jae Kyung went to live with his grandfather in Seoul and suppressed all memories of his old life because it's pretty traumatic, to be fair, because I believe he was actually in the wreck too. So when he met Eun-won again, he doesn't recognize her. She is a hard worker and very loving, but spoiler alert, she also has heart problems, which ultimately result in her death. And there were quite a few other actors in this. However, some of them who I could have sworn were in other works, nothing was coming up and it's driving me nuts. So we are just skipping them for right now. So usually right about now, we would tell you about the idols that appear in the movie slash show we're talking about. But this one, surprisingly enough, does not have any. So we're going to skip the section and go right into what we enjoyed. Oldar, start us off, please. Yes. So a note before we get started. I am very biased towards this movie because I used to have it on DVD back when I was in high school, and it was light years better than other Korean movies I had seen previously. But I kind of ruined the experience for Min and JR because we did a watch party together, and I was like, oh, we should watch this movie because I used to own it. But then I got rid of it because it was Region 2, and if you were around and remember the all-region DVD player and all the issues with that, you'll understand why I eventually got rid of the movie. But unfortunately, though, I forgot to mention that this movie is a tragedy. <laughs> so they were surprised at a couple parts. Like, they were at the end like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> she's dead, and he's just standing there, all sad looking. And I'm like, hmm, didn't expect this. <laughs> Whoops. Like, I mean, by the time, like, we got halfway through the movie, I was like, ah, she's gonna die. But just once it was all said and done, I was like, you know what? This is not how I thought this was gonna go. <laughs> yeah, so it's supposed to be a tragedy, which, <laughs> whoops. But the first thing that I liked about it was that it did feel like there was a movement of time because there was a gradual decline in Eun-hwan's health and Jae-kyung's change from jerk to human. 
And I also liked how this movie was supposed to take place over the course of a couple of months. And that was reflected in the leaves changing color, snow coming, and the attire the characters wore changed to match what month they were supposed to be in. And I really appreciated those details. However, even though he was starting to be less of a jerk, by the time he decided to declare his feelings, it felt like it was very sudden. It was Mm -hmm. just like, we gotta say this now. It's like, you did not give any indication that you were going that way, but you're that way now. I know, like that scene where she like collapses and he decides like, well, I'm the one that has to run her over to the infirmary. (laughs) It's like, you hate her. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, but at that point, though, they were kind of being friendly and he was screwing with her and she was getting annoyed with him because he was always trying to find ways to get out of stuff. And that time, though, he was like, oh, I broke my leg due to a fall. I can't do the play today. And then she's so furious that he would try to screw things up that then she Mm -hmm. collapses. Yeah. And so that's the reason why then I feel like he felt kind of responsibility like, oh, no, did I do something? It's like, I swear I didn't mean to make you collapse because he's the only one who didn't know about her condition. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree with like how it's paced and the change in seasons. I thought that was done very naturally. And the second thing that I really liked was that you have to watch it multiple times in order to understand what all is going on. I didn't realize this until I was watching it with Min and JR, though admittedly we were talking all the way through it, but there were certain plot points that I had to explain and clarify. It's like, no, no, this isn't what you think it is. (laughs) And they put a lot of pieces of information throughout the movie, but it takes more than one viewing experience in order to connect them all. So I kind of like how it does have a lot of rewatchability. And the final thing that I really liked was that I appreciate how this is supposed to just be a heartfelt piece of art because I feel like there's a lot of cream media that takes itself too seriously for what it's doing. So I found this refreshing and entertaining because that's all it was supposed to be. This was clearly supposed to be like a teen flick that was just putting moments together that's how i described it to min and jr was that the storytelling kind of feels like the people who wrote this had moments that they wanted to write down and then they just connected those series of moments and then they eventually got to progressing it right right so i feel like that they kind of understood that that was the assignment and they just were like yeah that's what we're doing (laughs) so jr what are your favorite things okay so coming off of samsung i've seen i've seen a lot of (laughs) stuff Okay, but most of it is in the past 10 years. So in Samsung, Hyunbin's hair is atrocious. It's very, I, mm, it's, it's difficult to make a handsome man not look great, but hair is one way to do it. And unfortunately, throughout most of Samsung, his hair was atrocious. But well, his hair was always gelled movie, up. Yeah, but it was like way too long for the style they were doing it. I didn't like it personally. Really? I thought his hair <laughs> yes, was I did short. not enjoy it. Compared to this, his hair was very short. Like, well, yeah, compared to that. But the way they did it, I did not think was very flattering for him. Oh. It just kind of, I don't know. You can look up a side-by-side after this episode and tweet us what you think. But in this movie, his hair was fantastic. It was the star. Every every time he came on the scene, you can attest to this. I was like, wow, I really love his hair. <laughs> it's just like kind of poofy and like almost 70s vibe but like korean 70s i guess men in the u.s and like western countries also kind of had it like that it was almost like tousled in a way like it wasn't super styled 
think Farrah Fawcett hair. Yeah, kind of Farrah Fawcett, but not like super flipped out. <laughs> right. Well, it w- his absolutely was flipped out because that was the style in the early to mid 2000s, right. right. which I went to high school with like guys who had hair like that. And that was a good time. Very good time. <laughs> um, good time. That was right before the emos came in. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. which funnily enough, at the end of it, they kind of like straightened his hair in towards his face, and I didn't like that as much. I liked it, it when it was blown out. Field. Yeah, the blowout is what we all were rooting for. <laughs> but he was older, so he couldn't have it like that anymore. He had to be more refined and styled. Well, that's the other thing was that, as you said, that it was just such a change when he was like, what, his character was 27 in My Lovely Samson, whereas he's 19 mm-hmm. here. So it was like he right. went down almost 10 years in the span of one project. And so <laughs> yes, that's, exactly. I told JR that for a number of years, I didn't know that that was him. I did not connect the two for a long time. I just assumed that they had the same name because of the hair. It's so different. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. like the ages are so different, I was like, no, no, I just, no, they're not the same. <laughs> But no, they are. Shout out to the hair department. <laughs> so the next thing that I really liked about it is that it was a sad movie. And in general, I like sad movies and Koreans love making them. So I just enjoyed this experience overall quite a bit. I will pick just like a random title and it will be the most heartbreaking movie I have ever seen. That's just how Korean movies work. I don't know why, Yeah, and this one obviously is the same thing because, again, I didn't know it was going to be a heartbreaking story. I'm very (laughs) bad at that. I probably should start reading synopsis. I forgot to remind you guys, too, because I was like, I spoil things too much for you whenever we're going to watch something. Like, the next (laughs) drama we're going to watch, you already know the ending of because I talked about it. Well, that was before I did a portable DVD player, so I didn't think you were going to watch in the first place, so I didn't care about spoiling it. But this one, I was like, for this one, I'm going to, for once, I'm not going to spoil it. And then (laughs) that actually turned out to be a bad thing. I mean, I I was fine with it. It was surprising in a good way. Yours and Min's reaction was really just, wait, she died? Really? (laughs) And I was both of you were like shocked. The fact that she does die, the fact that she doesn't magically get better, I appreciate that. Because in real life, you don't magically overcome something as you know life-altering as heart failure or whatever it is yeah it was heart failure. there are things that can help but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way so it was realistic in that sense yeah i didn't even think about that till you said it that we are so used to the disex machina that saves the main couple like oh no she didn't die after all But if they did it that way where somehow they got saved, even though the doctor literally said, hey, she's beyond the point of getting a transplant. Right. That it would have removed, first of all, one of the biggest stakes of the film. Like, that's like one of her driving things was that, like, she would not have gone out of her way to do so much if it weren't for that. But also, I think that it would have removed the experience the film had of time passing and the topic of loss. So I feel like like her point really connected to his and they really understood each other. Mm-hmm. I agree. This was a movie about pretty much like when you're going through grief, it's like, well, what can you do with it? Either if you are on the side that knows that your days are numbered or if you are someone who has lost someone. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a good discussion on that. Yeah, that's the difference between Korean cinema and Korean television. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because oftentimes... 
Korean television tries to romanticize and kind of glorify these situations, but Korean movies really lean into the realism of it. And they're like, well, that's not how life works type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be nice if we had more of that. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's funny. I have seen a handful of dramas that go that route. One of the characters ends up dying in the end or something like that. And fans hate it and i'm sitting here like i enjoyed that ending what is wrong with you people <laughs> well there's a drama which i don't know oh yeah you haven't seen this yet sangduya hakyo kaja like mm-hmm. we're gonna watch that eventually and talk about it because i have thoughts on the ending that i'm curious about your thoughts of so Ooh. but that's way in the future way in the future we've got like <laughs> six dramas to get through till we get to that one but then you will understand me better just like with Samson, mm-hmm. you're like, ah, I get all the jokes. <laughs> but those are things we like. So let's talk about things that we disliked. So the first thing that I disliked was that while it mostly had good pacing and character development, there were times when it pivoted dramatically. Like when Jaekyung's jump from reducing his jerkiness to suddenly declaring his love, as we discussed earlier, it felt really jarring and eye roll worthy. And I remember at 17 watching this and being like, this is stupid. <laughs> it's like, even as a teenager who didn't know much about writing back then, I was like, this is dumb. If a 17-year-old could catch that, I feel like the script writer should have as well. Mm-hmm. And the second thing was that, to me, it felt like they spent so much time establishing the characters and the settings, but then they looked at the clock and panicked about how long it took to get to some of the major plot points. In my opinion, the movie might have been better suited as a 16-episode miniseries because... It would have given them more time to sort of flesh out his feelings for her going from sort of tolerating her to sort of friend to romantic. Like, I, they right. could have had that time better. Mm-hmm. That's That was my main beef with that. And but. I can agree with that point of what you're saying, but overall, I don't agree. Just because this was released in 2006... You've seen more dramas from that time than I have, but the ones I have seen, (laughs) I just know they would have dragged it out forever and added things that were unnecessary to the plot in order to pad that time out. And I think really what this script needed was just a little bit more workshopping in order to, yeah, iron out some of these wrinkles, and then it would have been fantastic. In fact, I was looking at the IMDb page for it, which a lot of... IMDb pages are so bare for Korean they are. And television. But this one actually has a 7 out of 10 rating, which is the best I've ever seen. I've never seen really a K-drama or a movie get over like 6 maybe. Really? So I was really impressed by that. Yeah. <laughs> and it generally had good reviews. So Just out of curiosity, do you know offhand what Train to Busan has? Because that I feel like is a much oh, better okay. movie than this. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Which, again, that one's, that's, no, that's not Hyunbin. That's Gong Yu. Never mind. Yeah, no, no, no. Train to Busan. I, f- I feel like I wouldn't put them in the same boat. No, but I mean, because... as in, I'm just thinking about, like, Korean movies in general, like, how the public views it. Especially because if right. you're an IMDb, it's probably the Western audience. Because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, I've said this before, that A Millionaire's First Love, though, was the first movie, Korean movie, where it's like, I actually like this. Whereas I'd seen other ones where right. I'm like, this is so awful. Like, my boyfriend's type B was mm. so bad. So bad. And I didn't, and I know a lot of people like My Sassy Girl. I did not like the movie. Like, the beginning Same. part. I like the later part of it. 
which is obnoxious because I think that the beginning is much more memorable than the end, which is obnoxious mm-hmm. because I like the ending. I just wish how we got to the ending was different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Train to Busan has a 7.6, which honestly what? isn't that much more. That should be way higher. Who's doing I these know. ratings? You're nuts. Especially because I've seen some people say, like, it's the best zombie movie that has ever come out. It's it's. I just feel like it's a well-made movie. Like, it's meant mm-hmm. to be a movie that's entertaining. I'm really surprised it's not higher than that. That's weird. Agreed, but... That's why I was wondering, though, if you said that this is one of the higher rated, it's like, well, then right. Train to Busan, which I, I feel mean, like is better. They're obviously better. on very different scales. Like, I would never... I wouldn't have even thought about it. Because, like, you could probably look at Parasite. I'm sure Parasite has a higher rating. Parasite should that. definitely be better, yeah. But... I can't believe this but one just was so in general. High. I know, exactly. Because I'm so used to stuff from this time period getting low ratings where everyone just hates this mm-hmm. time period, which it's like, yeah. there was, I will fight you. There was some garbage, but it was entertaining garbage. So Yeah, Parasite is 8.6 out of almost a million reviews. That's wild. It's getting up there. Yeah, so again, different scales, but, yeah, definitely. And but we're I'm comparing a very like low rank movie to two super mega hits so it's like apples and oranges but i remember when this was released though like it was like oh tvxq are doing an ost this is a big deal because it's like for a korean movie because they didn't Mm -hmm. they i don't think that this is the first time they did an ost but this was like the big one where everyone's like yes this is kind of going back to something Oldar had mentioned a little bit ago, but there was one part, Min and I are watching it, and we had no clue that it was a flashback. It was very confusing because there was nothing really denoting that it was a flashback. A lot of times in movies and film and TV shows, there'll be like a different coloring to the scene or there'll be like a filter or a haziness to it. And there really wasn't. And if there was, it wasn't enough to be like, ah, we're watching something from the past. And so it was kind of frustrating. And we were just sitting there like, what is going on? And you kept saying, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. (laughs) And so it took a while, but we finally discovered, ah, okay, so this is not what we think it is. But also it's very difficult to realize that it's not what we think it is because they didn't tell us visually yeah but i feel like though they did that on purpose because they wanted it to be a shock because you don't realize what's going on until like basically they hit you with it what's happening it's like wait what like i feel like that they were doing that to add to the effect when it gets to that one part Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you guys were like this is not right. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not what I did. I wouldn't, I did not even come to that conclusion. No, it is not that. And the last thing that I disliked, which is more of like, it's not something that bugs me. (laughs) It's not something that's a make or break type thing. But in order for Hyunbin's character to graduate from this rural high school, he has to participate in a play and... Oh, okay. We discussed this a bit while we were watching it, but these kids are in this podunk high school with a graduating class of like 15 other students, and they need to perform The Sound of Music in order to get a diploma? (laughs) It's just like... That makes absolutely no sense. They gave no indication that this was a performing arts high school. And even if it was, it wouldn't be. They're in the middle of nowhere, Korea. I just, I thought that was just a contrivance. I understand why they put it in. They needed something for them to butt heads about. But overall, it's like, that is 
the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. This would not happen. So with that, I had a couple of thoughts. First of all, I think that it was kind of implied that the students weren't exactly going to venture very far from their hometown. Like they were going to stay in this agricultural little town. So it's like, who cares? You're not going to use calculus here. But also, it also made me th- wonder if the people who wrote this either attended a school where this was a requirement, they were like, yeah, didn't you have to do a stage play to graduate? Or if this was what they wished was the main requirement to graduate from high school. I mean, mm-hmm. compared to like a 100 question math test, I'd pick this stage play any day. It's like, Same. are you kidding me? I don't have, all I have to do is just remember like two lines. I'm in. Like... <laughs> Yeah, when I was in high school, especially towards the end, yeah, I would definitely would have gone for the stage play. Man, a stage play or the SAT? Stage play, hands down. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would, if I, oh, if I didn't have to take tests, man, it's, it's a pipe dream type thing like that. Yeah. Even at an art school, you still have like normal classes to do. Yeah. yeah. I just, I don't know. I thought it was funny. I just thought it was like someone being like, you know what? Instead of like that really hard test that students have to take in Korea, do a stage play instead. Don't worry about (laughs) the English proficiency portion. You're not doing that. Don't worry about it. Just do the stage play. Hands down. How many Korean students would choose that? Yeah. But it also kind of doesn't make sense because he's going to go back to his old life where he needs these skills because he's going to be a businessman. So it's, but I don't know. he was just going to inherit it, though. He, like, he was going to drop out of high school, though. Remember when he was driving mm-hmm. his motorcycle? My favorite thing about the beginning when he's being uh, delinquent is that he drives his motorcycle to the school and then he tells the teacher, like, he's cleaning out his locker and he's telling the teacher, hey, drop me a line sometime. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was so was like, and then I'm he was 18. Like, I'm done. Goodbye. And I love how he was like, hey, be good to the teacher, to the other classmates. Like, study well. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. It's like, he's a delinquent, but he at least is a realistic delinquent. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, to be fair, though, he had no indication from what it sounds like that there was a need for him to graduate from high school. So if he didn't have to and he just thought, I'm just inheriting everything when I turn 18, no, 19, it's like, well, then why would he care? Which is funny because you think that part of those requirements would be like, okay, sure, you're going to have to finish high school at the bare minimum, but then you have to go to college and get a degree so that you know how to run this huge hotel I'm leaving you, you know? He wasn't supposed to run it. He's just supposed to be the one figurehead because we don't know when the grandpa dies. But I assume that the grandpa died when he was a teenager, so he knew very well what his grandson was like and was like, this dude's not going to graduate from high school. He's not going to get the hotel if he doesn't do it. (laughs) Like, it's like, nah, there's not, this is not happening. Yeah, yeah. Then I will say, though, with the ending, that it did require him to be more mature. And also, he had to have the money to do Unwan's dream. So Mm -hmm. he really did think, I feel like he thought of money differently. It's like he, it's not just you have it and you spend it, it was put it to a use. Right. In this case, it was helping an orphanage building not get torn down and actually upgrading, which was very cute. So let's talk about the OST. So there are a few songs from there, but the big one that at least I care about, (laughs) it was done two times with more than one singer. And also I believe that there was an instrumental at one point. But it was TVXQ's Fly Away. 
And if you're not a longtime fan of TVXQ, you might be surprised to hear that they originally debuted as a five-member acapella-based group because they were like, yes, they can sing and they can dance well. Ooh. (laughs) Which was very shocking. (laughs) It's like, ooh, they got everything. This is the second generation where people got their act together. (laughs) But... (laughs) But Fly Away is a great song for showing off how great their voices really are because they have a lot of incredible ballads. Like a lot of groups cannot pull off the ballads like they could. And it starts off slow, but then grows to be this just beautiful ballad. Just like how like it sort of layers it with adding a meaning, but it's very soft still. And in the movie, this song was used as part of the background when Jae Kyung and Unwan were spending quality time together. So in context, it is very touching and very fitting, Mm -hmm. especially when like they kind of slow-mo certain parts of it to where then it matches the music. So very pretty. Mm -hmm. It really is like a 2000s ballad, which I love. I love music from the 2000s. But yeah, it shows off their beautiful voices, like you said, and it was just really fitting for the movie. It had the right tone and everything about it. They were the perfect people to do it for because I remember it as being like, at least in my mind, it was advertised as being like this big deal teenage movie. And oh, we got like the big stars. We got this guy and we got her and we've got these singers. This was definitely after Rising Sun. Mm -hmm. So they were probably around, I think this was before O, but they were like still like growing. So it's like enough people knew them and they had enough experience. Right. I feel like that they were like the perfect singers for this. To wrap it up, A Millionaire's First Love is a very entertaining, tragic romance movie that should be seen at least once. If you're just a fan of Korean media, you're probably just going to want to see it. Just entertainment. And if you'd like to watch it for yourself, it can be found on YouTube with English subtitles, which is very nice when people do that. (laughs) And the fact that it hasn't been taken down is also nice. (laughs) Shh, shh. Don't say too loud. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSumbays or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description box. More single scoops are coming your way soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Annyeong.